Welcome, friend. I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. They read it to you once this morning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. I love that. And when we pick this verse for our theme for this month, when we're thinking of the whole year, this is where amazing happens. You know, the most amazing thing that can happen in your life is that new relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today I want to just to direct our attention one more time so that we get this. You know, in order to have that new creation, there had to be the Savior of the world. It just didn't happen because you showed up to church. It just didn't happen because you started becoming good. It just didn't happen because you gave some money to the church or something. It happened because you asked Jesus into your heart. When you asked Him into your heart, you got a new start in life. It started with the way Luke said it. Luke chapter 2, verse number 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Pause. Remember what we talked about? Here's a man going to register. His name was Joseph. He is carrying with him his wife-to-be who is pregnant. People all the time saying, Pastor, I've, I've, I've done too many bad things. I've messed up too many ways. In our world, in our society today, we think of some bad things when we think of a woman that is pregnant and is not married. There's people that think bad. I want you to know that God doesn't look at any of us as bad. And in this case, it was a miraculous miracle that God convinced the man, let's go with the program here. Hmm. Now, the miracle was which way? Mary or was it Joseph? Think about it for a moment. Was the big miracle here that Mary was about to have a child? Or was the big miracle Joseph was still ready to fulfill his obligation to a woman that they know it wasn't his child. Say, boy, you're talking about some controversial stuff, aren't you? Well, the issue is that we as people make things so big and we think that God is not merciful, that God is not gracious, that God doesn't have a way of working it out. Let me tell you, my friend, if I was in Joseph's chair that day, I would have had a hard time. It would have not been easy for me. 
But there must have been some kind of a connection when the angels was talking to Joseph, they're saying, look, you need to go with this. You're about to be the father, earthly father of Jesus. Matter of fact, we, we want this so much, we want you to give him a name. Think about that. It's not your child. But heaven is asking you to give the name. We want you to give the name Jesus, the Savior of the world. Think about that. The earthly father, Joseph, given the ability, given the importance of his life. And I don't know what the biggest thing was in Joseph's life, but to me, that was a big thing. So many of us look at this story as he was going. So while he got there, verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Children today showed us something pretty important. Uh, I mean, the energy that you saw on that stage, I wish I had half of it. There was a couple of them little kids kind of in this area that they were just going full tilt. I mean, they didn't pause one second. It was just high energy from the get-go. And then there was one over here that, I mean, they couldn't slow down for a second. They wanted everybody to go faster. And, and I was looking at them, and I saw the smiles on their face. And I said to myself, I said, how important it is for us as a church to let them have room on the stage to say, I love Jesus. He's the Savior of our world. I can tell you, parents, those kids over there are well cared for. Those workers that work with your children every week, they love your kids. They want to help your children. To us as the pastors, this is a very valuable, important ministry of the church. I'm total, totally against sending children to a, a, a nursery center where they just play games. That's not what children's work is about. It's about helping them to grow up to know who Jesus is. I said... Helping them to grow up so they know who Jesus is. So that we help you as parents in teaching them about Jesus. Isn't that what you want from a church? Not to just go over sit and play games. We want them to know who Jesus is. And that their energy and their, their expressions. Could you get over their expressions today? Some of them, I mean, their, their teeth show big bright. Some of them you could see their eyes just beaming. And, and, you know, I could think of a whole lot of more adjectives to, to give them, but I want you to think about yourself for just a moment. What expressions are you giving today? What's your attitude today? Is this really the time of year for you to look back and say how bad things were? 
Some of you, I know, I've been your pastor for this year, and, 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 and I know I've prayed with you, and there have been counseling for some of you in certain situations. There's been members in our church that have lost loved ones. Those are difficult days. I know that. There's people that have gone through difficulties in their jobs. I know that. That's hard. Some in their education. Some didn't get their, their certificates resealed and resigned. I, I got that. But I want you to know when it all comes down, when it all shakes down to the bottom line here, the expression on your face should be what's in your heart. What's in my heart today? Is it the knowledge that God lives within me and He's the Savior of my world? And that the new beginning that happened for me, whatever day it was, I can remember? See, I remember when they let me hold the sign, C is for Christmas. When I was a tiny little kid. Now, can you picture me holding that little C? Say, yes, I can, Pastor. I can, I can see you holding that little C. And so for all these years and 40-some years of pastoring, I, I've been saying, I want that C up there. Because I want people to know it's the Christ of Christmas. It's not just Christmas. And if we get that in our heart, it'll never fade away. It'll always be in our heart. And the expressions then will come. I'm not going to say you're not going to have problems. That would be crazy. I'm not going to say there are not going to be difficulties. That would be crazy. But I want you to know it doesn't change that Christ is still the Christ of Christmas. The innocence of our children today I hopefully showed us for us to maybe step back a few days into that time and that place. I did not, when I was seeing the sea of Christmas, I, I kept saying, man, I'm getting old. That was years ago that I held that sea. Maybe I'd have volunteered one year to hold the sea myself. How many think I should hold the sea? Two people in the whole room. See, God delivered in what His promise was. Did you hear what I just said? God said, I'm going to send you the Savior of the world. So where did it have to start? Bethlehem. I mean, you think about it. Bethlehem was the place. The place of new beginnings was Bethlehem. That was that small town that Joseph and Mary was going because there was part of a census. They were asked by the Roman government to go and declare yourself. So wherever your family was from, that where you had to go to register your name. It's an obscure place, very small, but it was really significant because it was foretold by the prophet Micah that this would be the birthplace of Jesus, the Savior of the world. You see, most of us today have come from an obscure place, the place of our beginning in our life. We were all at one time babies. No? Yes. You did not start out in life at 40. 
or Miss Jen at 60. It didn't happen that way. You started as a baby. And then that day, there were probably some people clapping. There were some people that were happy that you were born. But for most of us, very insignificant. Your family was ooh and odd, no matter what you looked like. Anybody ever seen some? No, I won't go there. But you know what I'm saying? Every baby is beautiful. Every baby you look at and say, ooh, ah. You don't know what words to say because they're not going to speak back to you, but you're going to say something. Oh, isn't that a beautiful baby boy? Isn't that a beautiful baby girl? Oh, I'm so glad they're healthy. Yes, those words will come out of your mouth. But for the most part, it was a, just a start in life. But there had to be a chapter or two that has come after that. There's had to be some other places that have come after that. On the count of three, I'd like you to tell me the city that you were born. Can you remember? The place that you were born, whether it was your home, but the city of what you were born. Would you please... And even on live stream, I want to hear you over in Nepal this morning or China. I want you to, I want to hear it, okay? My tech kids will be listening, so just make sure, okay? On the count of three, I want you to tell me where you were born. I want you to say it out loud, okay? One, two, three. Oh, wait, 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 wait. When I ask for something in this church, I want 100% participation. Don't just stare at me like, what did he say? No, you know where you were born, Okay? So I'm going to give you one more chance to maybe get your brain back in gear. Where were you born? Give me that city, all right? Are you ready? One, two, three. Do you know who remembers that? Your mom. Your dad. Your relatives. They remember that place. See... But there's something that happens after Bethlehem. In Jesus' walk on life, it was many other towns and villages. Many other journeys that Jesus did in his 33 years on this planet. Some of you are 33. Some of you are 23. Some of you are 43. Some of you are all the ages in between from zero to probably I'm the oldest. No, Ben's the oldest. Always got to be somebody older. But when you think about that, there had to come another place of significance. Yes, there were some towns that Jesus showed up and miracles happened. Yes, there were some places that, that Jesus showed up and some incredible things happened. It's been written in the Bible. He'd walk into a place, into a village, and blind eyes were opened. He walked into a village and people that could not walk started to walk. The Savior of the world was also a miracle worker. As our theme song for this year was Waymaker, He is the Waymaker for people. He doesn't just start at Bethlehem. He knows where you're going. Get that. He doesn't just start with the birth. 
He knows there's a plan for the Lord has a plan for your life. Jeremiah said it straight up. I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. That plan is to prosper you. That plan is to bless you. That plan is to bring you hope and your future. But that journey is going to take you to some places, but you're going to go to Jerusalem. There's no question about it. Jerusalem. Why would you bring that up? Big city, well known. But it was the place where our Messiah would die. What? It's Christmas, Pastor. You're going to talk about the death of Jesus at Christmas? We're supposed to be talking about the birth. We're going to just talk about the new birth. We're going to talk about the baby. No, 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 no. You've got to have the whole story. Not just part of the story. You've got to have the whole story. In every one of our lives, there's a Jerusalem. See, Jesus went to Jerusalem on purpose. He had a plan. It was God, the Father's plan, for Him to go to Jerusalem. I want you to know, my friend, that for each of us, there will be a Jerusalem. You say, oh, man. I, I thought you wanted us to all be happy. Yes, you have not heard the rest of the message. I want you to be happy, but in order for you to be happy, you have to have Jesus. I'm going to say that again. You cannot bring happiness on yourself. Happiness comes from God. Joy is Jesus. Happiness is Jesus. Peace is Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? It comes from God. If you could make it up, you wouldn't need God. And listen, I want you to know that no matter what you're going through in your life, God will always come through for you. And you might right now be thinking, I'm in my Jerusalem. I'm in that difficult moment in my life. But it does not just represent the death. Yes, he came to Jerusalem. And there was a fake trial. And they hung our Savior on a cross where the mother Mary watched. And his disciples watched. But he knew that if there was going to be a Christmas in the future for all of us, he had to finish what God's plan was for his life. He had to go to the cross. And if he went to the cross, then the Christ of Christmas would be real. He couldn't just stop at Bethlehem. He couldn't just stop at Judea. He just couldn't stop at Samaria. He just couldn't stop at Capernaum. He just couldn't stop there. He had to get all the way to Jerusalem. And if he got all the way to Jerusalem, there was going to be a finish for all of us. Are you getting this today? There had to be a finish. So as he hung on that cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. He was saying it for everyone, for us, for thousands of years down the road. Father, forgive them. They're going to need their own new beginning someday. There's going to come that moment in their life that they say, Lord, come into my life, change me. 
You see, if we ask Christ our Savior to forgive us, He forgives us. But the end of the story in Jerusalem didn't hang on the cross. It wasn't the ending of the story. See, also in Jerusalem was the resurrection. Three days later, after the cross, after the death, Jesus came back to life. So not only was Jerusalem the place of death, but Jerusalem was the place of resurrection. If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old has come. Oh my God, it's gone. And the new has come. Man, pastor, you tied that right to where it's supposed to go. Yeah, that's what I do. The new has come. The death happened. The resurrection happened so that we can have new life in Christ. Wow, 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 wow. That's how you can get this peace. That's how you can get this joy. That's how you can have that new beginning. Don't let this Christmas season be one more season. Don't let this time just be one more time. You see, friends, in a few minutes, our incredible children will walk back into this room. They're going to start in the back. And they're going to sing that really cool song they just did. And they're going to shake your hands. Now, don't be mean to them. When those little kids walk by, give them high fives and shake their hands and smile. Or I'm going to come get you. I want our kids to know they've been appreciated. I want our kids to know that we're grateful that they did what they did today. I I want our kids to say we're thankful. Because they express for us what Christmas is all about. How great is our joy. Our joy comes from Jesus. Our Savior of our world. I hope you've heard me today. I hope you understood that you can't have Christmas without Christ. It's just another holiday. It's just another meeting. But when you have Christ, you have everything. Say, so what should I do, Pastor? I'm here to tell you that what you should do is give Christ a gift today. What? Give Christ a gift? How can I give Christ a gift? You can give Him your life. What the greatest gift that you have is not how much money you have, how much talent you have. You can give Christ your life. I love the comparison today, Nasha, of you saying that Pastor Jen left Texas to come follow some Italian to Italy. In a few days, I get to hang with my grandchildren, seven of them, and one on the way, right? Eight and one on the way. See, I'm getting old. And when those little babies jump in my lap and and I get to hug them and embrace them, it will be amazing for me. But I don't get to see them. I don't get to see my daughters. 
Because I was sent here by God on an assignment to come to my Jerusalem for this moment. It's called Rome. And I want you to know you've been sent to this city for a reason. You have a moment in time to stand up for the Savior of the world. It may be at your place of work. It may be at your school. It may be in your neighborhood. But for this moment in life, you have an assignment from God to bring good tidings to all the people. That's how people will know we're Christians. That's how people will know there's been a change in our lives. That we show love. We show compassion. We show grace. We show mercy. We don't judge. We love. Do you hear what I just said? No one's judging, but we all should be loving. Listen, my friend, I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what all your stories are, but this one thing I do know, the God I just talked about loves you so much, and I hope at this time of year you can reflect one more time that the greatest gift you can give to God is your life. So today, when I give you the opportunity for prayer, I want you to say to the Lord yourself, Lord, here's my life. I give to you again. Yes, many of you are followers of Christ. Yes, many of you are faithful. But Lord, today our prayer should be, Lord, here I am again. I'm standing here, Jesus, saying, I love you, Lord. Pastor Jen, in the middle of the time today, leaned over and said, you know, God has answered a whole lot of our prayers this year. And if you really think about it, friend, God has answered a lot of your prayers this year. And if anything we should say to God is, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for being the Savior of our world. Thank you for our children. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for our job. Thank you for my family. There should be thanksgiving unto the Lord. And those words should come out of your mouth. But God will look at your heart. Anyone is in Christ. He's a new creature. The old is gone and the new is coming. We start in Bethlehem, but there's going to be Jerusalem. And everybody knows the rest of the story, don't you? There's coming down from heaven a new Jerusalem. We're talking about the future is heaven. Don't you want to go to heaven, my friend? Whether you're watching around the world or you're sitting here in Rome, don't you eventually want to get to heaven? The only way it happens is Jesus is the Lord of your life. Not just a religious figure. Not just someone that lived a couple thousand years ago. Someone that's real and alive in my life today. Would you bow your heads, please, across this room? And I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me, I pray, oh God, I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you, 
that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you. So I'm gonna pray a second prayer and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. God, you're a big God and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God, will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. You know, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life, and I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you, and join us next week.